Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. I was thinking that we should rename every NFL team after tragedies that's happened in the cities that they are uh, that they are in. Yeah, so the Bo- I'm already the seeing huge Ma- flaws in this plan, Tyler. Please continue. <laughs> the Boston Marathon Bombers. So, uh, Boston doesn't um, have a team except for the Celtics. Yeah, well, you know, Boston. You Boston go. would get. Boston Bruins. would get. Boston would get one. So, Boston so you're saying that they team. don't get to be Pats um, fans anymore? But wait, what the if they two- have multiple? teams well well you see i have that handled the two uh new york city teams take a wild guess uh they're each gonna be towers yeah uh-huh mm. and then uh we'll have the detroit lions <laughs> does, does, does that mean that the buffalo bills are tower seven yep <laughs> tower seven is also gonna come up in today's episode oh god can't and, wait and and then and the new england patriots can be the uh the new england congressman i hate i hate all these old english patriots they sure are annoying yeah, oh and the and the, the new the new orleans katrinas um you gotta come up with snappier names if you're gonna be this offensive yeah you, gotta... you, wouldn't, you wouldn't you wouldn't buy a new orleans katrinas jersey tell me you wouldn't well, of course, here's the thing, though. Would I do something is not a good barometer for is a thing doable. Yeah, well, the Lions get to stay the Lions because they are a tragedy. They are, they oh, are they a tragedy. Are, they're the Unfor- biggest tragedy in modern sports. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Green Bay Packers have been renamed to uh, the Edmund Fitzgeralds. The Edmund Fitzgeralds. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, it was a toss-up between that and George Floyd. Was Minnesota? Minnesota. Minnesota. They have us. They they have us. They're the same state. Minnesota and Wisconsin are the same state, and they complain and they bitch about it all the time when you get them confused. But they're the same fucking state. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. If Wisconsin would be anything, it'd be the Wisconsin Downers. That's fair. I don't know if that's a tragedy. Hmm. That's kind of like a fun weekend gone wrong. Yeah, but the the, the only like major (laughs) like weather events they have in Wisconsin is when it gets like real cold. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's not like a tragedy that just happens. Yeah. I think the reason I thought that George Floyd was killed in Wisconsin is because of uh, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse shooting those people in Kenosha, yeah. which was in Wisconsin. Yes. Oh. Yeah, just over the Illinois border. Just over, just over you know, the Illinois border. You know, I, uh, as much as I do... 45-minute highway drive. <laughs> As much as I do like the idea of the Green Bay uh, Dahmers, I like the idea of the Green Bay Geens a little bit better. Oh, you, it's okay, the Green Bay Geens. A little more disturbing. 
Well, you got nipple belts in the uniform. I feel like you got to think right. Like, obviously, we're thinking about uniforms. We're thinking about logos. We're thinking about mascots. Those They'll are all nipple givens. Belts. Yeah, all okay. of them will have nipple belts. But what you got to think yeah. about, what you really got to think about, look like they're made of skin. Those are great. That's these are all good ideas. We want to keep them, hold on to them. Two things that we need to think about, though: the tailgating. Okay, the mm. tailgating is a very important. And number two, and this is the big one. Three words. Three words, folks. Halftime shows. Okay? Mm. What are you mm. going to get? What are you going to uh, get for the the New Orleans Katrinas? You know what you're going to do? You're going to flood the field like they did in the Coliseum, and you're going to bust out the triremes. Okay? We're going old school right. on this bitch. Oh, we're going, we're going Coliseum battle, I see. What are you, you going to eat in the parking lot? It's We call it Aftermath Gumbo. And basically... It's one, whatever whatever washes up. One in ten uh, disposable cups filled with gumbo also has human sewage and debris. And car parts. Yeah, and like motor oil. Pieces of fenders. Yeah, and like a white supremacist who's trying to kill you in the, the, the cover and, you mm-hmm. know, pass it off as defending themselves. It was very easy. It's very easy to do. Pinkerton's probably did uh, quite a bit of that. Well, yeah, if you want to hear about that, you should listen to episode four about the Pinkertons. The Pinkertons. Oh, jeez, okay. Louise. Well, I guess uh, I, I guess since we're already talking about the show, I better introduce it. Um, oh, yeah, George Bush doesn't the, care about black to, people. You want to no, go to the Geens game later? Oh, yeah, well, it's we're, we, uh, we, we're some real Geeners over here. It's, instead Geeners. of being cheeseheads, they just wear yeah. human skulls on top of their real... No, they, they, that's not what they do. They wear the <laughs> jerseys, belt. which are just like human torsos with huge tits. Oh, they yeah, they have they have to have this big tick. Because honestly, one thing you can say positive about Ed Gein, his his breast chest was quite buxom. It, it was very busty. Did a good job on them titties. Like I, I I was kind of hey, surprised. I'm pro recycling. I'm pro recycling. I'm all right for it. All right, before we before we continue to dig ourselves a hole, um, hey, trying hey, to, hey, <laughs> <laughs> to reduce his carbon uh, grave print. I don't yeah. know. We're hey, getting there. We're working on it. He does a lot of holes. We really are. Uh, welcome back once again to Worst in the Industry, uh, the show where these three amateur grave diggers uh, attempt to uh, exhume the truth from the earth from whence she has been buried and bring it to you in the form of nipple belts and terrible jokes about uh, tragedies in Wisconsin. Uh, my name is Justin St. Peter, uh, and I, I think Ed Gein is a more fun story than Jeffrey Dahmer. To my left. My name's Colin Stanley, and uh, I didn't think of uh, anything for my intro right now, so I'm just going to pass this one off very politely and very quickly to this piece of shit to my left. Uh, my name's Tyler, and I still think the idea of tragedy-themed NFL teams is a good one. I like that so you, you, the for NFL you, the barometer is like minutes of marination. Yeah, yeah. So the NFL can pay me for that now. Thank you, Roger Goodell. Most people, Absolutely. when they're judging if an idea was good or not, they do no, it like after, brilliant. like a no. day has passed. They say, brilliant. I'm going to sleep on it. Tyler's no. like, that thing I said a minute and a half ago, I still brilliant. believe it. Absolutely We all brilliant. believe it, Ty- uh, Colin. We're all in it together. Yeah. It's, listen, agree you in spent pu- all agree the... in public, correct You in private, spent Colin. all the company money on fucking NFTs, so now we get to do what Tyler wants to do. Hey, buddy. And now we get to buy the NFL. Just wait, okay? I know we're not liquid right now, but in a few months, we're going to be liquid, okay? And by we're going to be liquid, I mean I will have spent 
the residuals that I receive from selling those NFTs on Taco Bell and only be shitting liquid. Yeah, yeah. I as soon as I finish laundering all of the stolen jewelry into gold bars, it's we'll be fine. Gold bullion. Gold, yeah, gold bullion only. From Alex Emmerich Jones. Yes. Uh, no, he doesn't have a license to sell gold, and everybody he's worked with that did have a license to sell gold had their license revoked. Besides that one guy. No, that one Besides guy. Besides that one, that one guy, guy did have his license revoked. <laughs> Besides that one. All right. So uh, speaking of that one guy, um, we're gonna kick it over to. Nothing Colin. to do with that guy on this episode. <laughs> no, but you're that one guy, Colin. That's uh, awful. You're doing the episode. Ugh. So today's episode um, is about a lot of things. Um, it's about friendship. It's about heart. It's about uh, working through a crisis. It's about uh, defrauding the American you know, people and the global securities economy. It's about a lot of things. Uh, Ooh, but the first barracuda. thing that it's going to be about today is uh, a friend of ours that uh, we know, we love. They're called the Blackstone Group. And uh, apparently they didn't have uh, another option like, you know, uh, the Grey Skull Group or Cobra Command. So they chose Blackstone. Uh, it's very specific. They, they, they specify very clearly that the reason it's called Blackstone, nothing nefarious here. <laughs> nothing nefarious. It's no. just... Their founders, uh, their last names were Schwartzman and Peterson, and Peter mm. has its source in the Greek Petra, uh, or stone, and Schwartzman, Schwartz is German for black, so it's Blackstone because it's Schwartzman and Peterson. Uh, fun oh fact, God. that's oh stupid God. and I hate it. Fucking nerds. Yeah, that's, real, fucking that's a nerds. real fucking lame way to come up with a name. Oh my God. Now... Blackstone is uh, basically, if you want to think about it this way, like they're kind of uh, they are not like the prime evil, but the little the little fucking gremlins that hatch from underneath the folds of Blackstone are uh, are what we're really gonna focus on today. Primary uh, two specific ones, uh, uh, one of which I'm I'm pretty sure the boys are already aware of, uh, but let's talk about Blackstone just a little more for a second. Uh, was founded uh, in 1985, as I said, by uh, Peter Peterson and Stephen uh, Schwartzman uh, with $400,000 in seed capital. Ah, where'd they get that from? Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's, no. I'm, from what I can tell, this seems like they had uh, wealthy parents that mm. uh, handed them a chunk of money uh, when they graduated from school. Um, but basically... Uh, these guys, um, f like, were working together at Lehman Brothers, and then came... Lehman Brothers, uh, basically, you know, one of the ghouls standing atop the carcass pile in the aftermath of the 2008 uh, re financial uh, recession um, that cratered the American economy and cost mm -hmm. millions of people their homes and thousands of people their lives. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so and it didn't cost these businesses a whole fucking lot. Oh, it, it it didn't, and next time it won't either, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Justin bought seven new yachts in the wake of that. Good for Justin. And so much real estate. So much yeah. real estate. Yeah, I'm definitely not a broke-as-fuck renter like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, so um, they're, they're Lehman's brother go goons, uh, and, you know, Blackstone's pretty boring when you look at Blackstone specifically, because a lot of it is just like, um, you know... 
you know, a little stuff like uh, deforesting the Amazon or like, you know, uh, getting yeah, a condemnation good. from the United Nations. Nah, fuck like, nah, who cares? Basic bitch shit. But the reason that they've gotten those things happen to them is because of typically these uh, two smaller in-house companies. Uh, now, these companies are typically formed either outside and then bought in, like, usually, like, paid for through, like, uh, in the case of uh, the first one I'm going to talk about, it was they were bought in through a 50-50 partnership. Um, and then uh, the next company I'm going to talk about, they were, uh, like, basically created. Um, they, the company existed, the company was purchased, and then was uh, filled with the investor Ikor. Uh, and then, you know, splooged out all over the place. And then Hot. the so, company so yeah, yeah. taken over via like stock exchange or like yeah you know basically it's <laughs> it's it's the way a lot of this stuff works it's not like stock exchange it's like uh, yeah so it's not like a, the shares well I mean being kind of well you don't holder. you don't exchange the shares like a lot of these companies will just buy a huge share and then their investors if it's a publicly traded company they have a board of investors. Uh, so the then those investors, because, you know, these investors who are being backed through, you know, the Blackstone Group, which is basically just a, it's a financial company. So it's a company that exists to do nothing and only yeah. make, uh, like, turn money into more money. Yeah, they uh, move money between accounts and make money in between. Exactly. Um, so it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, we, we plop a bunch of money down. We, like, we have investors that are interested in this kind of thing. Uh, you know, we're trying to diversify our portfolio, so we'll go in and we'll do this. And one of the things that they do that with, uh, right after founding, uh, in 1985, in 1988, um, uh, they go on and they buy a, uh, a 50-50 partnership, uh, with, uh, BlackRock. Uh, uh, love it. So, uh, and that was, um, basically, um, they got 50% of their bond business, uh, and then they gave them like a credit line, uh, so it's it's a way for uh, Blackstone because it's going to get confusing. Mm-hmm. It's a way for Blackstone to um, invest in a way that shields them from some of the blowback that could occur. And and I know what you're thinking. Well, what blowback? These are huge financial organizations. Um, what was BlackRock doing that that might have been concerning or might have uh, given them pause? Um, well, uh, BlackRock uh, was founded by the uh, team of people uh, who had worked at First Boston. Uh, people people oh. who have uh, read certain books and watched certain oh. movies are now beginning to put these pieces together. Uh, they were oh. the group at First Boston that no. pioneered the mortgage-backed securities market. Oh. They were the first people to bundle and sell mortgage-backed securities and what are these words that i'm saying mortgage mortgage-backed securities it's a lot it's of made up. financial it's made up. jumbo you're saying there, it's Colin. pretty fucking easy to understand but they don't make it easy on purpose uh so a security when you hear security it's just uh, an asset that can be traded on a market so in the same way that a stock or a share is a like it is representative of a a, a percent ownership in a company a security is just representative of an asset or a bundle of assets. So, in the case of mortgage-backed securities, 
the asset is not the home. The asset is the debt. Uh, yeah, that's the oh, so it's like an so. NFT. Yes. So these securities, basically these assets that are being paid on, the idea is that you could um, you could invest in them. You could like bet on this debt. You could speculate on this debt. And that because people, who doesn't pay their mortgage? These people are going to pay their mortgage into it, and then you will see the return as the mortgage is paid. Uh, that's how it works, right? Huh. It's almost like uh, like a, a global housing crisis or, or, a, or a global pandemic might cause issues for this sort of thing. Oh, we'll see. You'll see, baby boy. Little, they double dip the chip. Double dip, double dip the chip. Double dip the um, double dip. Now I'm not gonna go in and explain like how like uh, these grades of like securities or how tranches work or how these bundles of securities work because honestly the Big Short uh, the movie the Big Short does it way fucking better than I ever could um, with Hot Dad Kristen Bale yeah they're uh, a lot prettier than we are w- well more specifically with Margot Robbie in like a fucking jacuzzi tub so if you and Kristen Bale if you want to understand I mean, come on what these people were actually selling and how they tricked people um, and how they undercut the, you know, the the market that was forming the core of the American economy and by extension, the global economy. Uh, you can watch that movie or just watch clips of it on YouTube. Um, yeah. It's fairly fairly simple. Um, it's just, you know, it's the shell game, but they, they did it with uh, people who were defaulting on their mortgages. Uh, and turns out every cup has a shell underneath. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Black's, uh, BlackRock uh, acting in this... So, BlackRock is similar to Blackstone. Blackstone is like this corporate umbrella of a lot of different companies uh, focused on investment into these companies. And then these companies will do various things to make Blackstone money, or, or at least to give them like a little bit off the top, right? So BlackRock, their main thing uh, is is you know just straight up investment, um, and uh, you know financial advisors that kind of thing. So we're talking really very similar to what Blackstone is doing, but on a smaller scale. Where Blackstone is is typically doing these things with um, companies and, and conglomerates and corporations. Uh, BlackRock would be doing this with like individuals or independent firms, just smaller entities. It's just like another kick down the chain. Um, and because of this, um, BlackRock was one of the uh, companies that was utilized um, in the. Uh... Actually, wait, I'm sorry. No, that's wrong. Every time you say BlackRock, I think of the fucking bar and grill that charges you way too much to cook your own steak. I was gonna, yeah. I would, that was the joke I was gonna make at the beginning, but I decided to just scrap it because I don't know if they're like it's, a national chain or not. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're like a local thing or what. The I think they're a chain. BlackRock, would you like, would you like to pay, uh, <laughs> like, twice market value to cook your own fucking meal? don't you want to get the DIY home experience in an expensive restaurant that you have to wear pants in? Yeah, it's it's so people can cook their own steak to well done, but pay twice as much for it. No, yeah, because it's because they they serve it on a on a rock that's really high, yeah. and then don't and give like, you a plate like, to put it on when it's done. Wait, yeah, they don't like, do that. Oh, they don't no, put, oh, they don't no, give you a plate. No, you just oh, no. eat it on the rock. But then it's gonna overcook. Oh well, it can't be it can't be undercooked because then you'll get sick from it. 
You gotta cook it till it's brown all the way through. Okay? I'm sorry. Here, I just chew on this boot leather. You won't know the difference. Oh, my favorite. Can I put A1 on it? Absolutely. Go nuts, buddy. They level a handgun at the back of your head. Oh, this is good. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, yeah. Bang! Oh, 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 you got me. God, die You quick. got me. <laughs> oh, no, you see, I'm the literal devil. I can't die. Oh, I don't have enough bullets for this. Oh, and you can't do it to yourself either. No, no. You're in hell. I'm already in hell. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you about the one time I talked to current governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, right? Click, click, click. Jesus Christ. So, um, in the aftermath of the 2008 recession, uh, BlackRock was actually utilized by the federal government to assist in the bailout. Um, it's and all they, that overpriced stake money. Oh, yeah. But. Well, they basically did this by... Um, the, well, the Federal Reserve allowed them to uh, basically referee uh, a huge uh, debt settlement uh, between... Bear Stearns and uh, AIG, because um, they were two of the like hardest hit uh, groups in the recession. They were the least protected because they were uh, so one of the ones that weren't. They didn't have uh, enough connection to the Federal Reserve or the federal government to save them. Uh, and some of the companies, these corporations, had to go down, uh, or else people would lo lose all of their faith in the system instead of just most people losing most of it. Uh, so. Which, you know, it's unfortunate that they managed to squeak by like that, and, you know, because we could have had some... Well, exactly. And so, yeah. So, instead of... Because the U.S. government has something like the Federal Reserve, which is a bastardized uh, public-private partnership um, that only helps uh, corporate America, uh, they, even they decided to take this responsibility out of their own hands and put it in an even more staunchly private organization... Uh, like BlackRock. So BlackRock um, basically earns this pretty huge uh, cachet um, with um, uh, the Federal Reserve and the federal government. Um, and also, I completely fucking forgot about it, but I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. Blackstone, in 2000, uh, they're the people that acquired uh, for a... Uh, there's a there's like a teacher's pension management company... They oh, that's them. bought the Tower 7's mortgage for that oh. uh, teacher's uh, group that Carl Rove <laughs> is also involved in. It's oh, real. It's, wow, this is it's just a laundry like, list. Of I had to government. stop. I had to sickens. fucking stop because it's like, I need to talk about BlackRock and how they're like helping uh, destroy the Amazon. And I need to talk about this other company that's making it impossible to buy homes and contributing to the next housing crisis. Um, but I'm immediately, it's just like Blackstone was involved in nine 11 somehow. <laughs> it's like, or at least the conspiracy <laughs> web surrounding nine 11, which is almost worse to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying they did it, but all I'm saying is that maybe those stones, they give you the stakes on are okay, hot this enough is to too melt much. steel beams. I don't like that. They're certainly hot enough to overcook every steak they've ever touched. <laughs> uh, 
Hey, man, you can't put it in front of me without Can't me. put it in front of me. Can't put that cake in front of me and not expect me to get a piece. That's all I'm saying. <coughs> uh, I'm sorry, I just want to find the thing oh. I was... Oh, I'm going to have some cheesecake Jesus after Christ. this. That sounds fucking good. Oh. Is it... Sorry, I'm just trying to find... Where in this... Okay, that's where I'm going to talk about it. Okay. So... Um, yeah, so BlackRock, at this point, it's pretty fucked. Um, <laughs> there's a clip, uh, I can, I'm gonna, I'm probably find it, send it to Justin. There's a clip of, uh, Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, testifying before Congress. Uh, and within his, <clears throat> within this, you know, greater conversation with the Congress, uh, something he talks about is how, um, the market loves totalitarian government. <laughs> Oh yeah, like that's like that is like almost verbatim his exact quote. The market, uh, well, he's not wrong. Yeah, I mean he's correct. He's pretty. It is kind of hilarious that like the people who are allowed to openly like say like the biggest indictments of having a system like this or having companies like this are the people who are part of those systems and part of those companies because they don't see what they're saying as a bad thing. Like they, it, there's, there, no, there's the thought, the market likes totalitarian governments. And instead of saying, wow, you know, that's so fucked up that we have a system that, um, op operates quote unquote better. Um, when there are people being immiserated, uh, to enrich, one person or like a small cabal of people uh there's a problem with the market we should address you know why is the market doing this obviously there's a problem here maybe we need to dismantle this maybe we need to rethink this maybe we need to more heavily regulate this instead it's just like isn't that silly <laughs> it's like wow well, isn't that isn't fun that <laughs> isn't that interest it's like they they say the most blood-curdling shit, like it's a fucking Snapple fact. It's unreal. You read it on a bumper sticker. Alright, so, BlackRock, um, something we talked about a lot in the, uh, in a, a lot of our earlier episodes, and, uh, in a lot of our environmental-focused episodes, we talk about something called greenwashing that Justin, uh, explained for us, where it's the process by which a company talks about or does certain things to make it appear that their company is carbon neutral or eco-friendly or uh, working towards this progress uh, or, you know, to fight or halt climate change. And really what it is, it's it's a PR move to get uh, groups, uh, activist groups and governments off their back. It's a way to lie. It's a way to misrepresent the facts. It's a way to mislead people. Uh, and it's a way to allow and facilitate for uh the continued destruction of the planet um blackrock they're front and center when it comes to that so they talked a lot they have a department of like sustainability um a or a sustainable investments department which they you know ran up and down in the you know in the run-up to biden getting elected it seemed like they were trying to curry favor uh with the democratic party by kind of paying this lip service and, and obviously, if the, you create a whole department, it's not just lip service anymore, uh, towards this kind of sustainable investing. Um, all the while, 
um, investing in companies like ExxonMobil, which are uh, actively destroying uh, not just not just the Amazon, yes. which if it's gone, we all die. Um, but I thought I thought I thought the Democratic Party. That's hilarious. Loved the environment. Um, <laughs> but but that Sicilian man dressed like a Native American. It's it's our fault, Colin. We're the ones doing it. It yeah, is our fault. You're it's, right. It's it's an individual consumer it's, it's choice. It's the plastic straws. Oh, yeah, the, it's the straws. Yeah, the, the less than one percent of all plastic in the ocean. Plastic straws. Not yeah. not the fishing nets and uh, actively pumping oil spills. Yeah. Wait, it's not. No, no, it's on us. It's oh, on right. us. Yeah, I forgot the Sicilian man dressed uh, like. <laughs> Yeah, the Sicilian man dressed as a Native American. So uh, I'm going to um, quote from a CNBC article um, that they that. No, I didn't uh, know you uh, got uh, your news uh, from Lib Cooks. Uh, it's, from, uh, it's from it's uh, from BlackRock's first global chief investment officer uh, for sustainable investing. Uh, he they worked uh, at BlackRock from 2018 to 2019. Their name is Tariq Fancy. It's a very good name. I highly. That's pretty sweet. I couldn't have thought a better. I could not have come up with a better name, and I have come up with some real perfect names. Uh, Satan Hitler, not quite. Adolf Hitler Claus, not not quite there. Uh, so here, here's here's from that article. Uh, Green bonds, where companies raise debt for environmentally friendly uses is one of the largest and fastest growing categories in sustainable investing, with a market size that has now passed $1 trillion. In practice, it's not totally clear if they create much positive environmental impact that would not have occurred otherwise. <laughs> I hate the, I hate the, the use of the, of the phrase sustainable investment, because the point of investments is they're not supposed to be well, it's, sustainable. It's, yeah, you're like you, you are you, so, you are the, the way a capitalist along. system is supposed to work is the market is supposed to change and you are supposed to change your investments with the changing market. That's how it's supposed to work. It's not supposed to be just a fucking shot in the dark and it makes you the, money Here's forever. the problem, right? The, I feel like the larger problem here because this this is actually a very interesting article because they talk about ES, ESG funds, which are environmental, social, governmental funds, where you like. It's like you raise debt for like specific groups. Uh, it's it's stupid. It's stupid financial bullshit to cover companies' asses. Um, but more sure specifically, like what it. Tyler is kind of hitting on here, the use of the word sustainability probably hits your ear pretty wrong. I mean, you know, we're we're all leftists here, and when we talk about uh, you know what a what a better future looks like or what a more uh, rational, a more pragmatic, and a more humane use of the planet would be. Uh, we talk a lot about sustainability and what is and is not sustainable. Um, this coincidence of this word being used by BlackRock and also being used when talking about progressive policy is not a mistake um, or a coincidence. It is a purposeful choice on the part of companies, corporations like BlackRock um, and governments too yeah. who want to co-opt radical language and progressive language to soften it's it's, it's virtue signaling. signaling exactly it's to soften the edges it's to package and sell whatever th bullshit thing they're doing anytime you see that kind of language you can immediately disregard whatever they're talking about 
I mean, you should learn about it, oh, yeah. but so, you can understand, you should know that they are at some level lying about this thing and trying to trick you. <laughs> so there was, there was something that I heard today, which made me want to kill myself. Um, so do you guys, are you guys aware of Formula E? Uh, Formula E. Oh, Formula E. No. Um, it, 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 it's it's uh, Formula Formula One, one but, but they electric. forgot oh. to turn it on. That's a torque. It, there's no. That's a torque. So they have a thing. They have a they have a button, and in Formula One cars, they also have a button. It's called the Kurs system, that um, regenerates electric power when you brake, and you press button, and it gives you an extra 160 horsepower, which is amazing. Um, and you can like come it's like building up kinetic energy right um and in formula e they have this thing called fan boost and you you as a race car driver get more power from this button the more twitter interactions you get i shit you not this is real that's still that's so ridiculous you, isn't that the dumbest shit more more fake internet points heard. make make go fast like it's, it's, more internet points i can't wait till all cars fast. work that like, way yeah. just, that, that's get, gonna be fun where it's like it's my cake day i need to get to work please <laughs> that's gonna be fun and i'm i'm just uh, i'm just thinking like how i could sabotage the system and see a pretty insane crash because it adds more power oh, you, more just, you just start just fucking dude hits ddos somebody no, no. opposite you just start engine. paying for twitter bots you start you know you, you start shelling out to yeah, get like exactly. the thousand twitter follower pack and then you just you pay the extra <laughs> bump to have them engage and they with get the tweet the button gives them an extra 2,000 horsepower, they fucking go around a corner, hit the button, go fucking Super Saiyan, <laughs> and then just, just spin in license plate. Right on. Fucking wall. Be just careful, that guy goes any, any faster, he might fuck his mom boost. in the past. Hmm. The I, I think I've said this on the podcast okay. before, the first time I watched that movie was with my mom, and it was uncomfortable. <laughs> But I can because I remember imagine. I was pretty young. No, you're, I actually, you're I, in fact, I feel like it staved off pu- puberty for a few years. It like p- really like put a. <laughs> it was like it made you turtle, huh? Your brain was like, I'm it se- I, yeah. I think my brain was like, on. it's bad timing. Let's. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was like, I was like ten right years time. old or something, and I remember watching it and just being like, I was so confused because I was like. I thought they said well, this was his mom, but she's trying to fuck it. <laughs> like they're, they're uh, trying to, they're it's like, to have oh, sex with oh, it is, it is his mom. Oh, that's he. She is trying yep. to have sex. Okay, okay. Calvin, I, I just really like Calvin. You, Calvin. 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 Awesome. So yeah, so Bl- BlackRock uh, explicitly uh, lying or misleading people. Uh, about um, what it's doing um, to prevent criticism for the massive destruction of the uh, the Amazon that they are directly funding, um, that they are directly uh, a part of um, in any way that matters. Uh, now, like I said, it's not a it's not just BlackRock that has been uh, spawned from the demonic loins of Blackstone. Uh, there's another company. Are you telling me there is some sort of there's shadowy cabal? Another uh, they, company? 
There's They're always called another Invitation company. Homes. I hate it. I hate Invitation it so much. Now, they were originally founded as Burn the Treehouse Group, which was a housing and apartment investment company. Um, that uh, they, they were founded in 2005 uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And basically, in the aftermath of the 2008 recession, when there were just like piles and piles of uh, completely vacant homes because either people could not pay to buy new constructions or uh, because because of how uh, severely um, the mortgage industry had cracked down on who they were actually going to, you know, saddle with uh, a lifetime of debt. Um, and uh, and I, it's so funny, even in the way I'm talking about it, the, saying that the mortgage industry cracked down, uh, the limp-wristed policies that were enforced by the federal government to ensure that the mortgage industry didn't drive the global economy into the ground again, uh, those completely barely effectual policies um, meant that people could not buy a lot of homes. So the, uh, the only people that were buying homes weren't people. They were companies like Treehouse Group, uh, which would eventually uh, rebrand as Invitation Homes, uh, I believe after a couple of mergers uh, and after it was acquired uh, uh, by Blackstone uh, in uh, 2012. Oh, good. Yeah, that's only slightly less uh, ominous when they're like mm, acquired by Blackstone and they're like, no, 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 Treehouse is a much too weird. Yeah, and they, I mean, they were also. No, it must like, be even before they, they get into bed with uh, the kind of mooks uh, that are, you know, working at Blackstone, uh, they were the, like, one of the first, if not the first, uh, private equity investor uh, who was purchasing homes for rent after 2008, after the recession. Um, and that's, that's what they're doing now. Um, but before now, and we'll talk about the kind of homes that you can rent from Invitation Homes... Um, oh, I can't wait. In 2013, Invitation Homes created uh, a new class of asset. Can you guess what these assets are? Now, we, um, we, learned, we learned a new word at the beginning of this episode. It's security. Mortgage exactly. Securities. So security is in the answer. I'll even give you the... I'll okay, give you so guys... It's a type of security. It's an security. SFR security you want to you want to take a whack at that either of you sfr security suck fuck and riot that's a good answer justin that feel like that'd be much more fun than whatever the real answer is um yeah i don't even know anymore i just want a second suck fucking riot well i'm very upset that it's not suck fuck riot it is single family rental security it's so fun it's so fucking funny remember when you know in retrospect you look at you look at the the subprime mortgage uh you know <laughs> crisis were basically you know we're, we're existing in a world where they're like we're working on the assumption that everybody pays their mortgage and even the people that don't pay their mortgage they're going to be spread out enough and uh like uncommon enough that it, they, it won't matter that even if a, a large amount of people default there's not enough people defaulting to affect uh this how much more often do you think people don't pay rent 
<laughs> Probably a lot more. Oh, so much more often because it's so much more expensive than a fucking mortgage. Yeah, and it's it's almost like we've just had like two years of a pandemic uh, with like an eviction moratorium, uh, a uh, a uh, <laughs> a ridiculous insult at what the tenant bill of rights should be in America. Uh, it's it's like. Asking for a glass of water and being handed a eyedropper full of human semen. It is bullshit <laughs> on every fucking level. Um, that it's expiring, that it didn't protect everybody it should have, that it didn't protect them for long enough, and that it didn't protect people enough, thoroughly enough. Uh, all that aside, we have a company who, right before the pandemic owned uh just under 80,000 homes across America um who was part of the uh there was basically at the beginning of 2021 uh I want to say it was 15% of all home purchases were private investing groups purchasing them and these aren't these aren't like apartment buildings these aren't like you know, a multi-zoned building in a downtown. These are single-family residences. These are people's houses. And the argument that's made a lot of the time by these people um, is that uh, basically they can't possibly affect the market because they own so few homes comparatively. We, You know, at this point in time, Invitation Homes only owns... Uh, a, a little bit above 80,000 uh, homes, uh, you know, less than 1% uh, in America. Um, and, and you would be led, if you're a layman, I completely understand why you think that that amount of homes, that percentage, it seems very fucking small. It seems completely inconsequential until you learn how homes are priced and how any of that fucking works. Uh, and I'll fucking tell you how it works. Because Zillow has actually got uh, in a little bit of hot water over basically this. So here's what you do, right? Oh boy. And by a little bit of you have a new slash. construction. Let's say, Tyler, you're a developer. You bought up all yep. this land. You brought in this construction company. You're going to build a suburb? Um, okay. Hell yeah. So, Tyler Land. Exactly. Tyler Land. So you're building this suburb. Um it's in a, it's in a great area, great land, uh, good quality homes. You're great. Only you're Dutch colonials. You're selling uh, you're selling them. Well, like the price for these homes, the fair market value for these homes is two hundred thousand dollars. That's what we'll say. Yep. Okay. At this point, at now okay. in twenty twenty two, I'm gonna sell them. Not for... the case. But let's say when you're making these in the no. in the ostensible past. There, what you could get still turn a profit like two hundred thousand dollars. Okay, let's let's say that. Yeah. What yeah. companies like Zillow yeah. and Invitation uh, Homes do, and what all private investors who buy single family homes do, is they will buy. So you have a you have, he, Tyler has this suburb of homes. I'm the piece of shit uh, mm -hmm. holding the money bag. So I'm gonna come in, and they're all two hundred thousand dollars. Great. So I will pay. $200,000 for every one of these homes except for a few which I will pay $280,000 for. Justin, why would I do that? 
Uh, well, because if a couple of houses in the neighborhood are appraised for and sell for above market value, that affects the market value of everything in the neighborhood. I'm so glad that you said appraisals. Because, guess who's doing shady bullshit when it comes to appraisals, too? Now, what's an appraisal? What is an appraisal, guys? An appraisal is um, part of why the housing market collapsed. Basically, what was happening is you had mortgage brokers, guys whose job it is to be dickheads and sit on their ass all day. That's all they do. Um, you don't need a you don't need a mortgage. Yeah, they're a broker. leech on our society. Um, but that's that, that their job is to translate bullshit financial terms to the layman, which they do sometimes, kind of effectively, if you're lucky. Um, when in 2008. And prior to 2008, there weren't a lot of rules and regulations about what these brokers could and could not do. You had to be certified, which is basically you take, like, a few tests that are like, do you know what you're talking? Like, do you know the words? Do you know all the words? Is this the... And then you also... You you also need to have uh, $25,000 in cash. Um, This... And this varies state by state... But to be licensed in all 50 states, it's $25,000. In Michigan, I believe it's fifteen grand. Um, but basically, the shop owner, the broker shop owner, who does not have to be a broker, who does not actually have to be the guy doing the job, that that guy has no. to pony up twenty five grand, And that's for, like, there's mistakes in the mortgage, in the loan process or in the home buying process or, like, they fuck up and they need to pay for it. That's what that money's there for, right? So prior to 2008... Mm-hmm. That's all you needed to have. You needed to have the money to pay for like 25 grand at most worth of fucking up. And you needed to be able to like speak competently about your job. Right? Seems like not nearly enough regulation. Yeah. And a- I'll tell you I'll tell you now there's not really any other regulation on becoming a broker nowadays. There it's literally the exact same. Um, where the regulation comes in is after that. So the way a lot of these homes are priced and how you determine the amount for a loan is the broker gets an appraiser. The appraiser goes to the home. They take a look. There's two types of appraisals. One is bullshit but completely valid. Uh, and one is not. One is an interior and one is a drive-by uh, exterior. The interior, they go in, they look at shit. And if it's if it looks shitty, then they'll mark it down and they'll they'll figure out how many rooms there are and all that stuff, right? Uh, now this isn't an inspection. They don't have to tell you <laughs> if there's like water in the foundation or it's like something's fucked. They just, they're just trying. Or like the house is completely unlevel and you can't put a rolling chair in any Exactly. Of the they don't have to do that shit. That. They just yeah. have to basically say, okay, these are the basic facts of the home and the home is livable. Right? Yeah, so was Charlie fucking from Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory's house. They lived in that house. Yes. It doesn't mean it was good. I don't know if that was so, the code. It did have a giant hole in the ceiling. Basically, um, what had happened was in the 2008, um, because brokers commission, because their pay is based off the size of the loan they get for their, their customer, their client, and because the amount of the loan is tied directly towards how much money you need to pay for the house, how much the house costs. What these brokers were doing is 
hey, this broker is looking at this this neighborhood that uh, the suburb that Tyler's uh, developing. He thinks it's a great buy uh, for these customers that these clients that they could you know turn around sell their you know sell their house and make some money. Um, but he, honest, you know, he's only making five percent on this thing, right? Only five percent, right? So it's that's that's you know yeah, only what enough. like ten thousand fucking dollars uh, for. For like yeah, 10, at most a couple months of answering phone calls, it's crazy. It's honestly insane. Um, That's and it's not like, it's not like you have dozens of these clients in a month. In a month, you do, but it's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that the people that do essential jobs in this country can be brain dead chimpanzees. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, um, what these people would do is they would go to the appraiser. They would say, "Hey." I want to make more than $10,000 on this single transaction. Um, so instead of saying that this house is worth $200,000, can you say it's worth $250,000? Can you say it's worth $300,000? Can you say it's worth $350,000? Um, and they'll pay them. They'll like literally show up with an envelope full of money or like have a stack of money and go, how much is the house worth? Because there's no rule against that. <laughs> There was no regulation against that. You could just do that. You could just flat well, out kind of, bribe you know, people the the market, to inflate the, the, the price of a house artificially. So the house isn't worth that. So if if you get it appraised uh, a year later and the and you're not bribing the appraiser, they're going to tell you this house is worth two hundred thousand dollars plus any remodels you did, plus any renovations you did. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and you go, I paid three hundred fifty thousand dollars for this house. Are you saying that even if I fucking sold now, right now, where I haven't put a ton of money in, I'm 150 grand in the hole? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you are. And that's how the recession happened, um, amongst other things, right? It, it was a lot of that on the front end, uh, incentivizing, getting people that couldn't afford uh, loans that were way bigger than they actually needed into homes that weren't worth that they were paying for it. Uh, and then on the back end, it was a lot of companies... Um, like Blackstone and BlackRock specifically, that were muddling things so that you didn't know what you were dealing with if you were investing on the back end and you were buying into these securities, right? So all of that is a long way of saying that when five fucking years after the recession, Invitation Homes is allowed to create a new class of securities that is even less stable than the ones that completely cratered the economy, right? And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, Colin, after 2008, there's, like, organizations and groups aren't... I feel like I've heard of something. They're supposed to, like, protect consumers. They have, like, silly names. Yeah, there's an acronym right? out it's there It's like, somewhere. yeah, you're right. They're called Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Those are two of the uh, biggest GSEs that exist. Uh, a GSE... Similar to the Federal Reserve is a public-private partnership where the government uh, basically contracts work out to a company and they have like a very close partnership and they, they kind of like defer to their judgment basically. So if Freddie, May, Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae uh, ever rubber stamps something, that's as good as the federal government rubber stamping it essentially. Um, but they have more ability to act outside of where the federal government could. And they have more ability to take risk than the, than the federal government could. Um, which is why in 2017, uh, they, uh, Fannie Mae funded a billion dollars of debt 
to invitation homes um, as backup money. Basically, um, they wanted to backstop the company from failing. It was the first time uh, that uh, Fannie Mae uh, had ever backstopped a single house uh, or a single family uh, landlord company. So, you know, the, these management companies, like, you don't, this is the kind of thing that uh, them backing Blackstone, or, or rather uh, backing Invitation Homes, is not a good sign. Um, what that tells me is that Fannie Mae is seeing there is an opportunity for failure here. That I need to inject capital into this. Because Fannie Mae, like, they buy a lot of shit. Like most most mortgages, most mortgage. If you have a mortgage, most mortgages are bought by Fannie Mae. So even if you go through a credit union or a bank or a third party lender, um, you end up paying Fannie Mae. You end up paying Freddie Mac. Uh, oh, don't you love the choices that capitalism gives us? They've they've really embedded themselves really deeply in this system to the point where they get a piece oh, of it's the market at work buddy it's weird how markets love works. totalitarian governments so it sounds almost the market the freer to the people it sounds almost market almost the market loves monopolistic no no so nah, are you nah. crazy nah. basically this company is is existing in a way where it's not only making money off of precarity but it's reproducing precarity in a way that will lead us to another housing crisis um, where, you know, most people in America are living paycheck to paycheck. A, a gross majority of people in America are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, if you had savings, more than likely, coronavirus wiped them out. Because, um, again, if you had to leave work or you got fired, or you even if you, even if you didn't lose your job, and uh, even if you couldn't work remotely... Uh, getting fucking coronavirus and then like you're fucking sick so it's either spread it to all my co-workers and every customer that I deal with or stay home for two days three days four days whatever it is and lose out on that money and have to dip into my savings dip into the, the little bit of cash I've been able to hang on to so suffice to say companies like Invitation Homes specifically are making the actual day-to-day -day life of working class Americans exponentially grimmer and more difficult um it's not very likely that we will be able to buy homes and when i say we i mean you know i'm uh you know 24 years old um am i am i 24 i'm 23 am no wait how old am i oh fuck oh my god i am 24 jesus christ holy shit i feel like i'm having a stroke oh my god uh <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh yeah, so you know, I'm 24, you guys are also in your mid 20s. So it's like the idea that we will be able to buy homes is laughable. Huh. Yeah, it's um, not and part of that likely. is this uh and and obviously, Invitation Homes recognizes that, right? They know what they're doing to the market. Zillow knows what they're doing to the market. Um but they don't care because they're going to make money in the short term. It's always, yeah, that's always the rule out. of thumb. Whenever you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. You couldn't do that long term. You're not thinking the way. It's a pump and dump, baby. Like anybody in finance thinks. It's exactly what Tyler is saying. 
no they don't you don't make an investment based on sustainability you make an investment based on profit profit and the yeah oh okay over, cool i can pull my money out of that and go move on to something else perfect that's what i want you they, they don't want to be like well hey if i do this i'll make a lot of money now but in 10 years uh the housing market will collapse again no they don't care about that because that's a problem for then that's not a problem for now yeah they're gonna have a big enough nest egg to fuck and like what do you do tell your investors like there's there's at the core home. just a very simple ideological problem at play here because these investors it's like you, what are you going to tell them? You're, hey, so we're going to make you. We're going to give you a return. We're going to. We're going to make sure. Hey, you'll see. A, you'll see a three percent return. Uh, four and a half at the high end. Uh, after you know, after a year, like that's what we're looking at. Um, also, um, after a few more years of this kind of return, uh, the global economy will collapse. Well, you can't tell people that. Even if you think... Yeah, because then they won't buy even, in and you and won't make your And you're not. disincentivized to think and believe that way. The people who... And again, watch the fucking big short. I know some people don't like Adam McKay. Or they don't like Steve Carell. Or they don't... Whatever. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting movie. And it very, um, very easily and succinctly explains a lot of these uh, kind of like esoteric concepts that exist to confuse you. Um, to confuse the average person. Uh, be yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same reason there's a lot of legalese. Like, uh, something that a lot of people don't understand, all these industries develop hyper, hyper-specialized language, not just for ease of communication within the industry or because they're creating new concepts, but because a lot of the time they need to justify their company existing. And a great way is making sure that you have to translate everything you say to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard it compared to uh yeah. like cult speak. Where yeah, people it's, are it's, like it's esotericism. It's, it's if if you don't understand it then you're on the outside and you exactly. want to understand it. So then you you try to understand it and then you end up in a cult or Yeah, and like it's you know, you think about this this is something Grant Morrison also or talks both. about. And I evangelize a lot about Grant Morrison and Alan Moore, but they are very interesting people to talk about when we talk about like the integration of occultism and esotericism into the corporate structure and how that's linked with fascism and how that's linked with these people you don't you, when you think about things and when you speak about things you're thinking and speaking in words in language so if somebody starts replacing language in your head with their specialized language that has their specialized meaning they're literally changing your reality. They are changing the way you look at things. They're changing the way you interact with things. I, because of the last corporate job that I had, I literally have a hard time saying manager. Because at my job, every time you said manager, you were corrected, team lead. Team, it's not a manager, we're part of a team. Because a manager is a more of, uh, actual, like, accurate way of describing that person's job they're there to corral you and make sure you don't cause any trouble um and like mm. you know nominally do your job uh you can't be you okay, we, here you gotta cut that out we can't i don't there's like a certain i'm not comfortable <laughs> thank you yeah no, i'll cut that <laughs> you can't insert bullshit corporate 
speak here. Of course, you. exactly. So, like, managers are, like, that's the thing, right? Like, it's it's little things that you don't think about, but that they just slip into your brain. And that's the same problem that we're seeing here. That's the same reason that, a, a, you know, an organization like Fannie Mae or the Federal Reserve that sees the same precarity. I'm not special. We're not specifically intelligent or specifically observant or, you know, prescient in any way. These are, like, the writing is on the fucking wall. Like, I've been, I've been talking about economic collapse for a while. Um, it's, yeah. he, he's been talking <laughs> about it for years. We have a trunch of documents. documents. But these, these organizations, they have a profit incentive not to notice these things, not to act on these things, because if they do, they're going to lose money in the short term. And also probably in the long term. So they have to justify their own existence through propping up the system, through propping up these markets. And and on the personal level, not on not on the, the level of the, the corporation, but the level of the individual, they have an ideological interest. That it's I have a job. I'm good at my job. I get fulfillment. Or I get something. I get a little buzz when I get my fucking goody good boy bell rung. So I'm going to keep doing that. I make fucking money. I make six fucking figures working at this goddamn job. If In America, I'm taught if I'm making a lot of money, that means I'm working hard. So clearly I deserve this. So clearly if I'm working hard and I deserve the money, I'm not doing anything bad. And if I'm not doing anything bad, then how can this lead to market collapse? How can, how can people working hard lead to something bad? And... The answer is you're not working hard and you're bad. <laughs> yeah. It's everything they're doing is contributing to the failure of their own market. And uh, if you cannot explain stop. the Let's core the function ground. of your job in three words or less, you have a bullshit job. If you can't say, I grow weed, I raise pigs, I fix cars, I build engines. If you have to say, I'm part of a group that manages a, a low liability, uh, low risk investment pool. If you're saying things like that, first of all, you should. Then it's bullshit. <laughs> you, know, uh, you should refer to the. Okay, I'll say don't, it, Justin. Don't, you don't can... give me more work than I need. Nope, nope. Justin, you can bleep this out. No, nope, don't give me more work than I need. Bridge. The shortest bridge in the world into a no, very no. gentle, placid pool no, of jello. No, no, no. Jump off don't, jump don't, off a tall why? bridge okay. into a fucking canyon. And that way, so when you're falling, I hope Superman comes and scoops you up and drops you from higher. <laughs> that's hilarious. Sons of that's bitches. a good joke. That joke can stay in. All right, that's uh, that's staying now. That, yeah, that's staying um, So, because... Basically, because these companies are going to continue existing, because if they if they stop existing, that means you actually have to examine the problem and discuss what's happening, or at the very least have a very public no, we, and messy bailout, um, where everybody goes, "Why aren't you arresting that guy? Why aren't you arresting that guy? Why aren't you arresting that guy? You arrested one fucking guy. One guy went to jail over this. Yeah, there, there's literally yeah, the like one guy. fucking yeah. banker from Lehman Brothers, I think, who ended up going to jail, but like. It's just him. Yeah, and and they paid off all the fucking Aryan Brotherhood, so that way he's fucking I'm sure. Gucci good to go. I'm in there. sure. 
So yeah. So this this company, uh, I know what you're saying. Okay, Colin. Well, like all this economic bullshit aside, you said that they were, you know, and like, okay, well maybe I I never thought I was gonna own a house to begin with, or I didn't want to own a house. I'm gonna be a rent. I'm gonna rent for for anyway. So clearly, like, well, I'm probably gonna end up renting from one of these companies. So like, how are their rentals? And how are their rentals? So I'm going to read from a Reuters investigative story. Uh, the title oh, of the story. Let's, let's, let's just fucking, let's, everybody cozy down. This is a great time. Uh, this is a great time to exist in our country. It's a great time to exist in this meat space. In, in, in the place that you are now, trapped within the flesh prison that is in your body. That's... Existence is hell, and we're it's, experiencing it's like it your together. soul is being dragged through a, a narrow hole made of barbed wire. That's what being alive is. All right, what what did Cucked Reuters so have here, to say? The name of this article, I highly recommend you read it. It's very, very fucking interesting. Spiders, sewage, and a flurry of fees. The other side of renting a house from Wall Street. Reuters? Oh, man, they missed... <laughs> They missed. They missed a great opportunity. They missed a great opportunity to make that rhyme. Ah, I like. They had Which plenty I of think alliteration. They did pretty well considering. Yeah, Reuters Wait, is not you, normally this clever. One more time, could you say it one Spiders, more time? sewage, and a flurry of fees. On the other side of renting a house from Wall Street. Yeah, that's normally like 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 miles ahead of what Reuters puts up because they're very well, factual. I, I guess if, I guess if Eminem did it, he could make that you. rhyme. I'm sure he. So this tried. is uh, this is uh, an article from 2018, um, written by uh, Michelle Conlin. Uh, big ups to her for this. I've not looked into the rest of her body of work, so she might be an awful person. Who's to say? Uh, Who knows? Esparto, California. Friend the rental the home seems so beautiful when Michaela Ferreira first laid eyes on it. The roof had three gables, fruit trees grew in the backyard, and the front porch gleamed with a fresh coat of paint. Aww. Then, Ferreira moved in. First, she noticed water leaking through the bathroom and the kitchen ceilings. Then, she found a furry black mold spreading across the walls and raw sewage sluicing through the crawl space. Worst to her mm-hmm. were, th- were the black widow spiders swarming her kitchen cupboards and linen closets. Those spiders no. were so big, you could hear them, Ferreira said. They sounded like fingernails scraping a table. Ferrara called her landlord, That's Invitation Homes Incorporated, a creation of private equity giant Blackstone Group LP. The spiders were a quote-unquote housekeeping issue, the company representative told her, and she should clean the place up. Yeah, a massive Did you, spider. I, I just, just want to rewind because I feel like you guys big. missed it. They weren't spiders. They were Black Widow spiders. Uh... Invitation Homes wasn't enthusiastic about fixing the leaks either. Two months passed before it sent someone to cut through the ceiling and fix the pipes, Ferreira said. Then the company took seven more months to patch it all up. By the time the next tenants, Jennifer and Mike White, settled into the house on Craig Street, the spiders had been joined by colonies of roaches and ants, the couple said. Excellent. Just, just, oh, just, oh, buddy. After Whitney Hurst and her family moved into the property last year, 
Hearst said she immediately called a work or called in a work order for a long list of complaints, including leaky pipes, vermin, and a broken garage door that nearly fell on her children. She said the repairman who showed up to fix one of the leaks told her that he didn't have the right wrench for the job and to quote unquote have your husband fix it. What? I have given up on I've given up calling them. Hearst said, sitting in a lawn chair in her driveway with her two boys, ages three and nine playing hide-and-seek inside. I mean, there are spiders in my kids' toys. An Invitation Home spokeswoman acknowledged that the house had some problems when Ferrera rented it, including roof and plumbing leaks, and a quote-unquote spider issue. The company said it compensated Ferrera $887.30 for maintenance and utility billing caused <laughs> utility billing issues caused by the plumbing leak plus two weeks rent that was gonna say i'm sure it said it, re- it said its rent. records show that other issues the subsequent tenants have been minimal termites and a problem with the heating and cooling system and that they were addressed um so th- somehow this, I doubt this goes on were. and just kind of shows Look, hey, they manage, you know, over 82,000 properties. Uh, Most of them are quote-unquote entry-level, or what your parents probably refer to as starter homes. Um, They are explicitly buying the kind of homes that first-time homebuyers would prefer to buy, could afford to buy conceivably, and specifically targeting those. Why would they do that? Because they're the most vulnerable in the house. Which is why in 2017 they rolled out their, uh, sorry, 2016, they rolled out their Resident First Look program, uh, which was a a lease-to-rent program. Oh, God, I love to rent a center my Uh, home. Babe, we didn't pay the lamp rent. They're coming to repo... The lamp. So obviously this is all pretty fucked up and awful, and it's crazy that this is allowed to happen. These homes, if there if there if there's any indication uh, in the homes in the home that we talked about in Esparta um, of of the quality of care and maintenance that's being provided, we can say that Invitation Homes is shirking a majority of the responsibility as landlord, as most landlords do, uh, you know, to the detriment of all working people. Um, but, you know, that's because we don't have a Bill of Rights for Tenants in this country. It's going to continue to happen like that. Yeah. You're con- going to continue to have these companies do that. Um, in Michigan, it takes, like, we're a better state for tenants because, like, you have to give them 30 days. At, like, if you give an eviction notice, they, they legally yeah. are allowed 30 days. You can't change locks on them. You can't do that shit. Like, I mean, you can and they still do. Um, it's just, it's just, if a, if a tenant had the wherewithal, the money, the time, uh, and the energy to get an, uh, an attorney and then take you to court, you might be in trouble, uh, a little bit, but it's, it's all civil shit. It's not criminal because even though you're like letting people, uh, you know, freeze to death in the winter or not providing (laughs) clean drinking water, um, it's not a criminal offense because they're a corporate entity or it's a business relationship technically if anybody if if that was done 
I can't even say if that was done by a federal... Like, like, most government buildings are just as run down because they're hollowed out by the same kind of investment groups uh, that caused the problem here. Um, exactly. Yeah, look, look at public, public schools. schools. Great example. Oh, God, yeah. Um, more so, one, one last thing that uh, you should really be concerned about. If, you're, if you haven't been sold on uh, my, my doom speak if you think that i'm really blowing things out of proportion something that you should just look up look into and we won't waste too much of your time on it are uh bpos like we said a big part of what caused the mortgage crisis on the front end the borrower end the consumer end the end that all of us will be on uh one day if we can ever buy a home um that side a big part of the problem was brokers um, doing shady things with appraisers. Now, at this point in time, brokers uh, cannot contact appraisers directly. They have to go through an appraisal management company. Um, and so you're thinking, okay, cool. Like, that's a great example of, like, the SEC uh, stepping in and doing something that actually, like, helps the consumer, helps everyday Americans. Uh, so even if you're invitation homes, you have to listen to that, right? Like you have to abide by that rule. Well, <laughs> it only applies if it's a no. single home. So if instead of being an individual mm. broker, you are by some turn of fate, a, uh, you know, conglomerate that's Sorry. selling, uh, bonds, of multiple homes, not just single homes. Oh, yeah, like if you were doing that, then you can have um, a BPO. And a BPO is a broker's price opinion. Not an appraisal, not an inspection, a broker's price opinion. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is something... <laughs> That's okay. That's the dumbest. Basically, shit I've heard this entire it's episode. it's it cheaper worse. than an appraisal because you don't need you don't need to be licensed. Of course. Yeah, you don't need any. You can do to it. Do so yeah, you can do, do it. it. <laughs> Anybody could do it. Uh, yeah. So invitation homes can pay these third party so contractors uh, to do BPOs on these uh, bundles of homes instead of having to do actual appraisals. Now appraisals. In the loan originating business, and originating a loan—that's what we—that's what people in the loan business uh, call it when they create the loan or they start the loan process. Loan origination. Uh, so a, a big yeah. part of that in the underwriting process, the part where people are going through all the documents and making sure everything is above board, is like tearing through that appraisal. Is like making sure, hey, everything is cool. This work, this checks out. Nothing crazy is going on. Uh, like, the amount of stuff that gets caught at the point of appraisal, not by a broker, not by the not by the person looking to buy the house, uh, not by the lender, but just, like, it, like, in the appraisal process because an appraiser is actually doing their job, it is staggering. Like, the amount of shit that doesn't go through because of a fucked up appraisal, mind-blowing. Um, and because a fucked up appraisal can do that and can really fuck up a sale really fuck up a transaction 
try not to you'd, embrace Maybe things. you'd want to go with something that was less regulated and easier to get a hold of, like a broker's opinion price. Oh, and also... So what you're saying is we should just start doing this. Well, what we should do, what we should do is we should get twenty five thousand dollars, and then I will I'll be in charge of the broker shop, and then you two will be my little underlings, and you will do all the hard work. Okay. And then I will make sure. Okay. To pay for any problems that show up. Yes. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, yeah it's it's it real sounds... easy. I'm just going to take about a, a 45% cut of any money you make. That's it? That's Oh, that's oh, oh, how generous. No, no, that's wow. I wouldn't want to take more than half. No, no. No. No, of then, course, then but then obviously we'll fun. talk about that if like you guys don't meet quota. If you guys miss quota, then yeah. like it's kind yeah, of changes yeah. the ball game, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, of course, yeah, the amount of money you yeah, make of course. can never change. We'll hash out all the details. Yeah. So I, I know this episode is kind of dense and annoying and full of a lot of uh, flimflammery and uh, word salad bullshit. Um, but I hope you come away with it understanding that companies like Invitation Homes, companies like BlackRock, companies like Blackstone even. Uh, where it's not a Sorry, Blackstone's not a company. They are a C-class corporation. Um Oh, so yes, they're, they're they person. they yeah they are in the uh, eyes of the law. According to Citizens United, to a, yeah, they are a C type corporation, which means specifically, specifically, they are taxed separately from their owners. That's a big part of it. So yeah, so wow. not, these kind of corporations, uh, there's hundreds of them, thousands of them, uh, of varying sizes, hedge funds, investment firms, all of this shit. Like, doesn't uh, uh doesn't Kushner, Kushner, Kushner own like. There's like I'd a be yeah, surprised he, if he only owns. But one. he's bad at real estate. He's really bad at it. Uh, yeah, he's really. Bad. But I mean, that's that's the thing to them. think about, right? Is like these companies exist everywhere, and they're constantly making money on margins and making money on precarity and furthering that precarity because it makes them more money. It's never in their best interest to stabilize a system because stabilizing a system means slowing momentum which means slowing profit and reducing profit because they refuse to do yeah. that or, you know, because that's not the point a company exists to make money. So it'd be kind of antithetical to them to do anything uh, counter to that. Um, yeah. Th yeah this will dumb. just keep happening forever. We will be caught in this cycle forever. As long as capitalism, capitalism exists, as long as it is the system, as long as, as it is the ideology and the system that everything stems from, we will be caught here forever, and it will be just increasingly short cycles, increasingly brutal cycles, until nobody has anything but a handful. It's just it's just a violent upward funneling motion, and in the process, millions of people will have their lives destroyed. Yeah, your call to action. Call to action, that's a great one. Um, a big yeah. problem... Something that's, uh, uh, these kind of companies, like I said, they exist on all scales. So I know it sounds like a fucking 90s coming of age movie, but if there's like a developer coming to your town that wants to like, I don't know, buy Oakland Mall in Troy, Michigan. Uh, if something like that was happening, you'd want to protest. You'd want to show up and bother them, uh, send uh, mail to their home office. Uh, if, you know for whatever reason 
it was uh, a specific. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, you kept that, but yeah, just like these developers, um, they exist everywhere. They're buying into all levels of things, and if you want to live in a world where you're not constantly being stolen from until you don't have anything left to be stolen. This is the kind of stuff that we need to fight against. We need to f make sure that we're working to get Citizens United repealed. That is number one. That is top of the fucking list right now. Because that is ultimately what is protecting a lot of these companies from legal action and from being treated the way they should be, which is fucking mad dogs let off the fucking lead. These, they need to be brought to heel. I'm, I would argue, more radical than a lot of uh, people, not as a point of pride, but just because I'm stupid. Uh, and I think a lot of these companies just need to be flat out dissolved and that their like entire executive boards need to be put on trial before uh, a global court and a global jury. Uh, that's what I personally believe. But also, I'm a globalist and I want to get to Star Trek space Nuremberg communism. Two. So that's, that's how I believe we get there. Oh, God, I can't um, wait. But before that happens, yeah, you can just make these people's lives a living hell. Because at a certain point, uh, you know, they're, they're finance guys. They're financiers. And, and what is the number one assessment they make? Uh, fucking cost-benefit analysis. So make it cost way more than they'll benefit. Make yeah, it make annoying. It make it frustrating. Uh, I mean, that's honestly, when we talk about, like, modern activist movements, like, that's really all that we can do. Like, you can't, like, marching in the street for George Floyd didn't do anything. It's, I know it sounds really fucked up to say that, to hear that, but unfortunately, it didn't. It gave a bunch of money to Black Lives Matter, uh, and one of the actual, like, organization, organizations that was part of Black Lives Matter is uh, pretty questionable as to where that money went and who's using it and for what. Uh, and then the second that the people who ostensibly supported Black Lives Matter were in power, they did everything they could to decry the movement and to call it too radical and crazy and violent and all these things, all the same things that the right-wingers were talking about. Um, and it's because, ultimately, um, what was on the line for the people who were in control, for the people who are in power? Nothing was on the line. There, there was no threat. Because a bunch of people marching in the street, burning Man, down a target, was. like, yeah, it's scary for them on a personal level, but the stock market didn't fucking blink. It didn't, it didn't move. Uh, you could see how fucking scared they got at the beginning of the pandemic when the stock market did tank and then they just disappeared $2 trillion into it like it was nothing. Uh, we need, you, there's, there's pressure that needs to be applied and we need to make sure that we're choosing these pressure points very carefully and very judiciously. Because otherwise, you'll end up with a mass movement of people getting pissed off going out in the street, not applying their energy, uh, their labor, their time effectively, and then at the end of the day, nothing was changed, and now you have uh, millions of people who are either delusioned or worse, think they actually did something. Nope. They should, uh, they should be concerned that right now we're just asking for justice. It's and not honestly the idea that, like, it's yeah so, it's we'll see we'll, we'll see what's see what up happens. Uh, talk talk with your local we'll uh you know because eventually eventually 
yeah. eventually it is going to come. So to in the that. meantime, it's, it's the general call to action, which is work within your local mutual aid networks. Uh, learn about uh, yeah. like your region, the place that you fucking live, and what's going on there. Uh, and if you have the time and the fucking money, run for local office. Um, it's yeah, yeah, and go go shit on your yeah, like fucking Nancy uh, Pelosi. She started her, her political career uh, like as a fundraiser. That was her thing. She was really good at raising and fucking now she's money. Worth a hundred million dollars. Yeah, you if, could if, all you got to do, too. like, hey, if you and something that I feel like we in general, like as leftists, have a problem with, uh, it's seeming like a normal human being. Um, so don't talk the way you talk to your friends or you tweet on Twitter. And I'm just as guilty as the, of this as everybody else. But like, really, just like talk about issues. Just talk about the stuff that actually do, like matters to yeah. people. Um, you know, if you, if you can canvas, if you can volunteer for a campaign for, you know, somebody you believe in or a piece of legislature you believe in, that's how you need to interact. That's how you need to engage. Because honestly, um, the one thing Alex Jones is right about is there is an info war and we're losing pretty severely. Yep. Yep. Just start talking. What's like the Tucker problem? Carlson. What's going on here? The frogs are gay. What There's fluoride in the water. The frogs are gay. Speaking, it, it's effective. Speaking of asking questions, um, you should ask us questions on our brand new Discord server. Yeah, get on our Discord. It's fun. Um, I will. I will post another link to it. Um, with the post. It's just gonna get full. Yeah, <laughs> we're so gonna we're gonna Instagram. accidentally send that invite link to the wrong person, and it's just gonna get filled with Nazis immediately. I, Hell yeah! It's inevitable. Um. I'm just gonna seed the, what did I call it, Colin? The, uh, um, I'm gonna, oh, what did I, what did I say? It's in our quotes. Oh my god, it's in our it's quotes. Awful. It's gonna be awful. Um, where is this quotable, quotable? I'd be feeding the syrupy heroin of socialism into their cocks. Yes, that's it. That is absolutely awful, and I wish. But I'd now it's in your brain forever because you read it out loud on the syrup. podcast. Yeah, it's it's in yeah. mine and all of our audience, um, and hopefully the audience can yell at us on our Discord server as well as on all of our social medias and our email. Um, please, you know, reach us, reach out to us uh, in all of those forms. Rate us on Spotify. Us little... Yeah, rate us on Spotify or Twitter or Apple Podcasts. I've been making so many listen, fucking sock accounts. It's us. unreal, guys. And I there's only so much time in the day for me yeah. to make alt accounts to. Uh, give us five stars on all these platforms. So if you could help out a little bit, I'd... yeah, that would be. I've been much contacting Jay Z about getting some fake streams. Let's, our let's way, do but... that. Let's talk. Let's talk to Will Smith about what forearm workouts he's doing because there's a lot of power. There's a lot of power there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wow. the feet plan. The hard the pivot. You see his hips amazing. swivel like it's... that. Goddamn. Oh, oh yeah. I never like, thought that, that Will practiced. Smith was like a powerful man until I saw him smack the fucking shit out of Chris know. Rock. It was power. Oh, it was a good one. It was, it was, it was, a, good it was one. a solid hit. Alright, well, we that, will talk to y'all like next Jawan week. like Jawan Howard's pussy-ass hit that he fucking smacked up that NCAA <laughs> basketball coach. If, oh, that was some pussy shit. Will Smith got the fuck Stance, on. the follow-through. Anyway. Alright, well, yeah. We, we will talk to y'all next week uh, where we will be back with yet another episode of Worst in the Industry. I'm sorry. Thanks. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Kisses. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. I 
could probably get a deal with coke If I wasn't rapping about the past back dealing dope Got the offer and it's real low Over one mil and it's still low They all corporate, they all cute in suits Yeah, I'm bullshit with all that poop to scoop My shit going up, I go root to roof They don't like that, they won't mute the truth They gon' switch sides, they go group to group They won't shoot the shit, ain't got shit to shoot Till I go crazy, go and get the baby shark And hit him with the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo Damn, big boy, you gotta shoot it with two hands Couple John Doe come through like who's mans Blue ball, nah, she blew it like two grams Everyone I lose, abuse the fuse hands I'm right there on the edge of insanity Overlooking Vegas, overthinking my vanity You've been throwing shade, I'm enjoying the canopy Everybody dies, so I live out of fantasy Yeah, can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down Even talk my shit now unless I got a reason. Everybody watching like Netflix got a new season. I'ma get rich, hit the dealership, get the new bands out. Bottom line 316, like Stone Cold says so. They bury me alive, I was dead broke. I've been living in the no flex zone. About to make a move, it's a escrow. Cooking in the kitchen, my sauce like magic. My pesto like presto. Off a little bean, that espresso. Little bit of lean, like I'm getting over chest coat. Got no chain, no, I can't chill. A ball got me feeling like a mill. Can't stay still, can't feel off a pain kill. Got the little orange pill, not the day quill. They fake with it, they ain't real. They talk about bricks, but they can't build. I'm frank with it, I'm Jake Jill. I only sold gas, I'm Hank Hill. Tank filled with the propane It's like a 10k grill, it's a throwaway They never ask if I'm okay I'm never okay Everybody wanna cut, it's a dry vocal I'm anti-love, anti-social I'm bipolar, I'm bi-coastal I might buy one and go postal Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch Fuck it up, it's a hit now When I hit the road, do a show Hit a lick, then I skip town Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit the fuck down.